radical candor, think again, get out of your own way. There are literally hundreds, probably thousands of books on healthy conflict with people and in the workplace. And anytime you have more than two people on a team, you've got to expect some kind of differences of opinions and conflict. And if you don't handle it correctly early, conflict can easily move into this unhealthy sphere. So what I'd love to do in this episode on healthy conflict is talk a little bit about my challenges and struggles with having healthy conflict and the importance that leaders need to focus on to create teams that can have conflict in a healthy way. My name is Katie Ostrico, and I'm the host of Breaking Ladders. Let's look at healthy conflict a little bit from a data perspective. So 60% of managers have never received any training on how to manage healthy conflict. And I'm guessing if you've ever been an employee, this stat holds true. You might even think it's higher. You're not taught how to manage it. A lot of people are thrown into management without any training whatsoever and are expected to do it really, really well with all of the things that pop up. And guess what? That does not always happen. It's not something that's instinctual for a lot of people, but it is something that you can be trained on. So I would say half of conflict happens, and stats have shown this, due to personalities and ego and not actually about the work. And it's because you've got people coming into a situation that bring their own impression of what needs to be done, what's been done before, and they bring that into the workplace. And a lot of times when they're struggling with other people, it actually has nothing to do with the work. It has to do with the fact that employees don't necessarily want to work with that other person or can't work with them effectively. Most employees do want a win-win when conflict arises. I don't think most people go into conflict looking to crush the person that sits in the office next to them. So if that's the motivation, why do we think so much conflict happens? And part of, I think, what happens is most employees who have conflict just avoid the other person. And one of the main reasons for that is because they think that if they try to deal with it, nothing would actually happen and it wouldn't actually get better. And it really depends on the approach of the manager and the company of how to deal with that. A lot of people struggle with conflict. And one of the main reasons, I think, is because you're expected to bring your whole self to work and all of your experiences in dealing with other teammates and other people. And the way that you deal with it might be completely different than somebody else. You know, conflict inherently makes people uncomfortable, most people. Um, And it's not easy. And you're sharing something about how you're feeling or how the other person is making you feel. And it can get really uncomfortable really quickly. A lot of people are uncertain of how that other person might react, especially if you're having conflict with a manager or a boss. You have no idea how they might react to a situation like that or your peers. And so it makes it hard. That's why people are like, I'll just avoid it. I'm not going to deal with it. One of the things I think a lot of leaders don't realize is that sometimes they create the conflict and they don't even know. So. They're not always aware of a behavior that they're doing that might have different people on the team, have different experiences or priorities or communication methods, and they might be creating conflict on the team and not even be aware of it. You know, and most people think that if they bring up conflict, it's not going to get fixed and it won't matter and it won't get better. So it's just not worth it. 
And I think that's why you see a lot of younger people in a work culture where it's not working out. Instead of staying and trying to manage through it, there's so many opportunities out there right now. They're just like, forget it. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Because even if I bring it up, I don't think it'll change. And the way that you handle conflict is not how everyone else does either. So you're trying to manage who you are. You're trying to understand who they are. You walk into the situation oftentimes with this approach that nothing's going to change. And so you can see why people are choosing other paths as opposed to addressing some of these head on. So I will state up front, I am not great with conflict. Um, I do not like it. Um, My approach is to avoid it if I can. Um, I don't like it. It's a struggle. I get tense. I don't sleep. Um, I never really learned good conflict skills growing up. So I had to learn them as an adult and how to approach it constructively from a position where both people have a say um, and both people's opinion was valued. My approach typically, you know, my experiences were that I could have an opinion, but it wasn't necessarily valued as an equal opinion. Um, And so it put me into a situation where I didn't know how to effectively do that. And when you're managing people, you have to have a lot of difficult conversations about performance, about expectations, about behavior, about how certain people are affecting other people on the team to try to resolve it. And so it becomes this constant thing as a leader that you have to do that if you're not good at it, it can get really challenging. And so for me, it is exhausting. Um, to manage through that when I know I have to have those conversations. But I, I know it's part of my job. I know it's something I have to do, which is why I am very conscious of how I go into it and how I think about it and how I approach it. Um, because you're not just managing conflict between people on a team. You might be managing conflict within departments, within the history of the company. You might be trying to do something that's counter to the culture. And so you're butting up against that. So conflict can be bigger than two people, especially at a leadership level, that don't agree. It can be factions within an organization that have a completely different direction about where you should go and being able to wrestle through that. So for me, some things that I do is I talk it through in my head. A lot of times my husband gets it because I'll share it with him. Um, You know, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm going to say. I write a lot of notes. Um, I write how I want to structure the conversation. I go back through it. So I sit in my seat and say, okay, if I explain it this way, is it clear? Is it considerate? Is it upfront? Is it honest? And then I try to sit in their seat and say, if somebody were to share that, what would their rebuttals be? What might they say back that I'm not aware of? Um, And how might I work through that or address that upfront? Hey, I know I wasn't really clear on the priorities going in. But, you know, and then you can address that to show that you don't always walk into the situation assuming you're always right. For me, I always strive for clarity. Um, I always want to hear what people think. And I'm always open to the conversation, likely because conflict is not a default state for me. I tend to be very calm with it um, and absorb it in and really listen um, and don't always respond back in the moment, but tell that person that I always hear what they're thinking. So I'll share with you a couple of scenarios that I've had as a leader, and I would love to know from your experience, either as an employee or if you're thinking about going into leadership, how you would have handled a situation like this. So I'm not saying I always have it right. There are some big misses that I have a lot of times, but I'll share with you kind of my 
logic and the way that I think through some of these. So um, I entered a company um, where there was uh, somebody in marketing that did not have really any experience in marketing. Um, and they were hired before I got there. So they were part of the team that I walked into. And we were working on a product launch and there was no launch plan um, because just this person had no experience with how to do that or what that looked like. And so what I asked the team to do is I brought them together to share ideas of visually how we could launch this product. And it involved everybody on the team um, who was involved in the launch. And so I just wanted to see where their heads were, what they thought, what they interpreted, so that we could see what their story looked like from their vantage point to put the best concepts together. And so this marketing person showed their concepts and it was really hard to understand. Um, it didn't link to any features. It didn't link really to the product. And so I started to ask questions, which is my job. So I started to ask questions to try to get clarity, um, to try to understand how this would link, to try to understand how this would tie to the story, to try to understand how the salespeople would tell this story. Um, and I continued to stress to that person that I just didn't, I didn't understand their concept. And I don't think because she wasn't experienced in this, this was the first time I think this had ever happened to her. She started to get very frustrated and then flipped over to getting very angry. And there were people that worked for her in the room. Um, and then she started kind of having watery eyes. Um, and so I just paused for a minute while she launched into kind of a, a rant um, where she said loudly, I've been thinking about this for a year. This is my project. I don't know why you're asking any questions. I know exactly what I'm doing. So when someone comes back at you like that in a team environment, first of all, that tells me that they've never really worked on a team or a healthy team because um, no team that I've ever worked on that's healthy would have that kind of interaction, especially for a new leader walking into that team, which I was. I'm very calm. One of the big advantages of mine is that it takes a lot to get me rattled. Um, I've worked at the company I've at, I'm at four years. I've had two situations where my team has seen me rattled and both of those were completely justified in my opinion, two. Um, and so what I did was I paused and I let her finish her rant about how it was none of my business and I need to stay out of it, even though I was the VP in charge. So I paused and I asked her who was responsible for the successful launch of this product. And she said she was. And I corrected her and I said, no, I am. Anything that happens in sales and marketing, I'm responsible for. And that if I don't understand, it's not my job to back off and walk away. Because if I don't understand, the sales team's not going to understand and customers won't understand. So I asked her to explain it again in a way that was more clear. And I paused. And she started to cry and got up and stepped to the back of the room. So first, you know, when you look at a marketing team, when they're in this creative state and coming up with a story, there might be somebody that owns the general direction of that story, but they have to be able to articulate it to the team. And I saw that she was not capable of doing that. Second, I should have seen that it was going poorly and asked the team to leave before I corrected her, but I didn't. 
because I needed the team to understand that I had a responsibility to all of the work that they did and that I am going to ask questions about it. So after she stormed to the back of the room, I asked the team to leave. And I gave her a moment and then I walked over to where she was standing. And I said, that kind of behavior is not acceptable. That she needed to be able to field questions and explain things clearly. And if I didn't understand, she needs to adjust her approach. Because I know, having worked with salespeople for a long time, that each one of them is going to come into a situation differently and might need it explained differently to them. I told her to go back and work on her concepts and come back with a linkage from a marketing position of how what she was doing tied to the story and how we were going to talk about the product and how it ultimately linked from a concept or an insight or something. And that visual was going to help us tell that story more effectively. I explained that behavior like that and dismissing the entire team and myself by saying we need to stay out of it is not how my teams work. And that's not acceptable for me. And it's not easy to do. But I also needed to address, you know, this my way and don't talk to me approach. And so ultimately, I started to ask things of her that were fairly basic for a marketing person to be able to do and articulate over time. And it was just things she did not have experience in. And after working with her for a period of time, had to sit down and talk with her about it and say, you know, this is really what this job looks like. Is this something you're able to do? And she opted to go do something else with her career. None of these situations are easy. And you've got to figure out how to handle things in the moment and not. Was I mad when somebody told me it's none of my business and I shouldn't ask questions? Yeah. If I had addressed it that way in that moment, it might have sent a very different message to the team that I wasn't ready to do. You know, so some of those things in those moments when you're a leader is your instinctive reaction. It cannot be the way that you react. So I'll share with you another story that I had, um, and it was when somebody gave me feedback um, and how I handled it. So I had a sales manager. We had done a new comp plan um, for the sales team, and the idea was to try to diversify the products that they sold in their region and give them thresholds that they could really potentially make a lot more money um, in each of those categories. That was the intent behind it. We were trying to get them to diversify their product mix and their market and to make more money, those two things. So the sales manager walked into my office about halfway through the fiscal year and said that the sales team did not understand the comp plan. Um, They thought that no one would make any money and they were all talking about quitting. Okay, so when you get hit with feedback, like that's a really good one. He knew that that was something that would, you know, need to be worked through. And I don't know what his perspective was coming in. It was something that needed to be shared. He didn't know how I was going to react. So, you know, we had spent a year kind of working on the comp plan to tie it to growth, to tie it to the forecast, to tie it to past sales. It was linked to the corporate strategy and profitability because we had diversity in some of these key categories that we needed profitability from. It made sense to me. It made sense to finance. Didn't make sense to the sales team. 
And the last thing you want your salespeople doing is worrying about how they're going to get paid because they don't understand things as opposed to connecting with customers and actually making sales. So first, for me, his ability to come in and just tell me straight hopefully says how I am at conflict. So I listened to what he said, um, shared different feedback, shared where they were concerned, shared where they were confused, shared how they were talking about it, that they were sharing it with him. Second, I asked him, you know, to really explain in depth what he saw from his seat. You know, what was he seeing that was good about it or the intent behind it? What did he see was the struggle behind it? And so we spent several hours talking through the current situation. I asked him if he had any recommendations on how he would approach it. Um, And he had done his homework and actually had some thoughts as to how we could structure it to make it more simple, but still communicate the direction of where we were going. So I put the content together, um, called a meeting with the finance team, and we basically worked on it heads down for three days to see if we could switch to this different comp plan and still afford to do it, um, that it was still aligned with our goals, that it's something that we could track, it was something that was clear, um, allowed them to make the same amount of potential dollars at the high end, um, but was a lot more clear and simple for them. Once we had something, ran it by the sales manager just as a gut check, since he was the one that brought it to us and said, okay, based on affordability and budget, this is what this could look like. This is what we think we can do. Um, Is this something that will work? And we all came to the agreement that it was simple, that it worked, finalized it, got it approved, the CFO and myself. Um, And then we rolled it out to the team. I didn't roll it out to the team. Um, I had him roll it out to the team. And the reason I did that is because I want them to know that when someone has an issue that it needs to be resolved, that we try to resolve that issue, that you can come to the group with big challenging problems like that. And if it is not working and we see an opportunity to change it, that we will do that. It set him up for future leadership opportunities on the team as somebody that can advocate for the group. And I know what work we did behind the scenes. I I, I don't need to promote that or share that. Somebody going in and saying your entire sales team might quit, depending on who the manager is, could be a highly conflict-driven situation. And part of it for me, um, there is that piece of Yeah, we put all that work into it. Yeah, it made sense to me. And I had to put all of that aside and basically say, okay, what is right for the team? What's right for the company? What's right for us financially? And if it's not this, then let's figure out what this should look like. And we kind of laugh at the end of the day. I've had this in multiple companies that you kind of laugh about. It's like, we're not, you know, we're not transporting hearts for heart surgery. Um, You know, we're making product for people that need it which is really important. But at the end of the day, it's about people having a company that they can work for, that they can trust, that they can work through these kind of issues because you will not get it right every time. A lot of times you don't get it right a lot of the time. But you make the decisions with the best information that you have and then you work through it. And everybody comes into situations needing something different. And so the ability to talk openly and reconcile with that is key. We had a new hire start on our team and I kind of laughed. I said, you know, we like to rumble a bit on our team and I call it rumbling instead of conflict. 
Because to me, conflict means there's two sides that are opposing that need to both compromise to get to the solution. Um, and rumbling is like, we're going to wrestle around till we figure it out. To me, that's a different mentality than conflict. So, you know, with key people on my team, we'll go back and forth and back and forth and challenge each other and get the answers that we need for things to be effective to move forward. So there'll be people on my team that come with a really creative, really different idea. And they'll go, well, I need 50 of these pieces. Well, I need 100. Well, 250 would be best. Right. So I'm going to ask questions until I get clarity on what's actually needed to be successful. And I might challenge, is it 50 or 250? Um, you know, is it this budget spend or this budget spend? What if we looked at it this way? Do you need it to be this size? Do you need it to look like this? Do you need it to be this big? What if we did this and this that we already have? Could we tweak that and move? And they're going to ask me questions. Well, you know, what if the customer asked for this? Could we try this? What is this approach? And I think because we look at it as rumbling, we're just trying to figure out what's going to make it the most successful. Nobody comes in with egos. Nobody comes in with these preconceived, like, I've already figured it out. Don't tell me what to do. We get into those sessions and try to figure it out and rumble with it together. Usually somebody has a strong idea of what it looks like, which is a great starting place, but we don't always end there. And it's not always how other team members are comfortable. Like, they'll see that approach and go, oh, I get what that is now. And it's not done from a conflict standpoint, the goal is to just be able to be honest and approach differences of opinions toward a problem and wrestle with it till we get the right answer. And yeah, sometimes it gets loud and some people say what they really think or go back or you can see people get frustrated. Um, but you know, you've got to wrestle with that so that each person walks out of that room understanding what you decided, what exactly they have to do to support it, what their piece of that puzzle is, and, and the time frame of how they're going to do it. So the reality is, um, it's not natural to give feedback to peers, right? So as I'm looking at this, there's really a breakdown. It's like, is it easier to give feedback to a team that reports to you or peers that are kind of on your team? Um, and I think it's harder to do with peers. And it's something that I struggle with. And it's not my natural approach. because um, you know, for me, I'll tend to sit back when other people are working through something and kind of get loud and challenging, or I'll just say which area I agree with. Like if somebody shares something and I'll be like, I, I agree with that too. And then it starts the conversation. Um, my approach tends to be more of an influencer role and not a directive one. Um, my default state is not to be a super directive person, even in times when I need to be. And so one of those things that just know from a leadership perspective, we don't have it all figured out. You know, there is no one right way to approach big challenges. I tend to come with a lot of questions um, and try to understand where other people are coming from. And I know there are times when I just need to put my foot down and take a strong point of view and not cave. And that is not naturally how I go into those situations. Um, but I do know that if we're wrestling with a big problem for my peer group at the executive level, you know, we might disagree in a room, but we've often said that when we leave that room to the organization, we have to be united. Even if it's something that I adamantly was trying to lobby against. And it takes time to establish those relationships with your peers, to create that culture, to build that trust. So that way, when you need to have those really difficult conversations that aren't apparent and the decisions aren't standing right in front of you, 
that you can wrestle with those and be really honest about what that looks like, come to a united front and then leave the room as a team. So I'll share with you my approach to when I have to you know, really give somebody feedback is probably the biggest thing that I'm super not comfortable with. Um, so if I know that I have to give somebody some really hard feedback, um, I will socialize that like with my boss or one of my peers. Um, and so I'll share with them like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm thinking. Am I missing anything? Is there something I should be digging into? Because I always assume that I don't have the full story going in, which is probably why I default to asking more questions and making more statements. When I start building the feedback that I have to give, um, I always try to be extremely specific on the activity, what I saw, and how it impacted the team or other people or myself. Um, and so I think being specific is the key because when you say, well, you're always doing this, you know, always is a big word and doing this is a behavior. And if they don't understand how that links to a specific activity and what happened as a result, it's hard for people to want to change that because what you're doing is attacking them as a person or their character. So once I share that feedback, hey, this activity happened, you did this specifically, here's what I saw, here's how that impacted the project or other people, and then I, I pause and I ask if they saw it the same way. And typically what I'm doing in this situation is assessing, do they see what I saw or what the team shared, or is there a huge awareness gap between what they're seeing and what other people are seeing? There's a lot of times there's a big awareness gap that people have, and that helps you know what you need to address. If they address something and go, yeah, I really screwed that up, or I was really mean to people, I was just under a lot of stress. If they see that, then dealing with that is very different than if you say, no, I'm amazing in everything I do, and they weren't holding up their end of the bargain, and it was all them, not me. That, that becomes a very different type of conversation. So you've got to ask those questions to see what you see and what they see and how far apart those are. I always write things down to make sure I share exactly what I want to cover, because when you get into those situations, it's very hard to stay focused, especially if you're getting a lot of pushback and you want to rebut and rebut, and then you miss covering the things that you want to cover. So I always write down and have a list of things that I want to make sure I cover. You've got to listen to the rebuttal and the reaction. You don't necessarily have to agree with their reaction because you might be confirming the feelings of other people, but you do have to listen and repeat back what you heard. Based on that, based on where their reaction is or their awareness gap, you want to create an action plan or next steps or ways that you want to resolve this and both understand what that resolution looks like, what that behavior looks like, and have clarity. Sometimes it's an email response. Sometimes it's more formal. Um, if it's happened multiple times, um, if you know it's something that could be highly um, conflicted or that person might react in a way that you're not really sure, which sometimes happens, um, you may want to have somebody else in the room. Usually it's somebody from HR or somebody else um, as part of that to just have somebody else see the response and the reaction and how the conversation went. And then I always send a note after the discussion. Thanks for your time. Thanks for talking about it. Here's what we shared. Here's what you shared. Here's the action plan and next steps moving forward. 
I don't want to make it seem like conflict is something that like you are this unemotional robot about. But what I found is that when people are having conflict or you're having very challenging situations, as a leader, your ability to manage your emotions is key in that situation. Because oftentimes the reaction and the behavior that you do is amplified. And so for me, you know, I wanted to do this episode on conflict um, because I've seen a lot of people, specifically on TikTok, talking about conflicts with managers and how to have tough conversations um, around things like coming back into the office, working weekend hours, you know, this shift that a lot of executives are talking about, about people don't want to do all these other things. And, and people are having to have these conversations with their boss. Um, and so all the steps that I gave you, you can totally do that with your manager. Come in with something very specific, how it is with you, what do they see, you know, how do you want to put a plan together around next steps. And this idea of conflict is not comfortable for most people. I think there's a rare few that love it, that like thrive on it, but I think they're super, super small. Most people don't like it at all. Um, and so knowing that going in, and knowing what you're going to do and knowing that your goal is to improve something or make the team better or make something better that's going on. You know, always think about your intent. Most people go into it wanting that win-win. They just don't know how to do it. And the reality is sometimes you're going to bring things to your manager that they do not have the ability to fix or rectify for you. And they should just tell you that. Um, and if you write things down, and you're really clear, and you try to be calm in those moments where you're not, um, it's really hard to do, but it allows the ability to say what you need to say and listen to what the other person is saying. And when you get emotional, it's that fight or flight mode. You either want to get out of the room or you want to just fight back and not really listen to what they're saying. It's really hard in those moments to be very calm. And it's hard to not get emotional and really try to listen to what they're saying when your instinct is saying, like, run. And I'd be sure to ask questions because a lot of times you might be missing something that you can't see. People have blinders on. People might not know the whole story. People might not know everything that's going on. So whether you're in a leadership seat or not, you know, make sure that you ask questions. Make sure that you understand from their perspective, it might not change your opinion at all on the direction that you want to go. But I think we've gotten to a place a lot of times where we're not even willing to listen to the other person's side. And you might be missing their approach as to how they got to that decision or how they got to that point of view. So how do you handle conflict? How do you approach giving tough feedback? I would love to know if you have strategies that you want to share. Um, if there are tips and tricks that people can use, that would be awesome. Um, you can connect on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube on Breaking Ladders. You can email me at breakingladders2 at gmail.com. You know, conflict, it, it happens. It's a part of work. It's a part of being on a team. It's a part of leadership. And there are strategies that can make it effective. It's not something that will ever go away. It's just something that you can develop tools to make it more comfortable. Thanks.